Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Cowboys Takeover. I'm your host, Jason Kent. Man, preseason just got done. Cowboys went one and two. It means we're a week away. All the fantasy drafts are picking up. Next Thursday starts football, baby. We're so excited here. We're so excited to bring you even another episode. Um, so in this week's episode, we got a little bit of uh, Aaron last week talked about you know, have some of these Madden simulations. You know, he's won a few. We have some numbers to, to point out, some things to look at, uh, which is always a lot of fun in the beginning. Um, then we're going to dive in a little bit to the 53-man roster. Uh, that the final cuts were today. Um, so we kind of, some of the names we've been throwing out there aren't, you know, may not even made the team. Um, so that's, you know, kind of shocking, some of those cuts. Um, and then we're going to dive into the biggest news. Um, the one I think that shocked Cowboys Nation. Um big time kind of opened some eyes was the trade for Trey Lance. Um, Aaron James and myself will definitely dive into that one the most this week. Um, as it's kind of a slow week, um, with the last week of preseason. Um, so let me bring in the man, the myth, the legend, the co-host, Aaron James. Aaron James, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good, Jason. There <laughs> we go. Sorry for that hiccup. <laughs> no, we're all set. But uh, feeling great. Saw the chiropractor a couple hours ago. Just got a nice little adjustment. You just get that back crack, loosen up a little bit. We sit down a lot. I know both of us, at least for in front of the computer all day, I kind of need that, that little correction Dude, every couple months. There's nothing better. I, I've been going because I've had back issues. So I've been going for a few months now, every other week. Dude, when they just, he's just like, breathe in. And then pop, and it just cracks all the way down. He does your head like, man, this dude might break my neck. And then yeah. he cracks it, it pops, and it feels amazing. That is, it's the coolest thing in the world. I love it. It does feel really good, and it help. It really does help. I was always shocked. I always thought, nah, don't. It really helps loosen you up. Like I've had back injuries and shoulder injuries. It's uh, really helps you out. Yeah, big time. And I always envision like what that training course must look like when they do that neck pop because <laughs> it's like if you if you change it three degrees this way you'll snap their neck and you don't want to do that no right? no yeah it's that's <laughs> that's not something you take take lightly yeah that's uh pe people pay attention in class on that lesson <laughs> on the neck cracker yeah that's that's a tough one it made me nervous because he asked me uh, my doctor's like hey uh it's like you want me to crack your neck and i'm like could you like i'm not sure he's like i got you he's like he just loosen up and he did it i was like yeah it it changed my world <laughs> uh, so yeah no go ahead yeah no excited to to dive into the content today uh the madden simulation man you and i went at it uh throughout the week we don't we don't have to talk about that uh today but it's you know we I, we waited I waited for the fifty two or fifty three man roster to be finalized throughout the season. Plus Madden does a little bit of movement throughout the year uh, or even throughout the weeks in player ratings. So based on how they perform during preseason, and uh, a couple of players will get some boosts, and um, and obviously with other teams first you know, first string, second string, third from the DBs. I mean, I know for our team, we're very well situated, but that's not really the case for all teams around the NFL. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and dive right into it. We're going to do a, a couple key stats 
of what came from the simulation. And then we're going to cap it off next week, um, going into our first regular season game. So first off, Madden has a a has a starting five and one. And the loss we would consider a trap game on this show. So, Jason, I sent you that trap game. Why don't you reveal it to everyone? Yeah, that one. Um, it makes sense. It, it was the uh, New England Patriots. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think we talked about it a lot. Um, you know, since we started this podcast, San Fran is a team that is very good. And I know they just said they lost to, to New England, but San Fran's the next game they play. So, you know, to me, that that's a game that it's, it's very quite possibly could be because you San Fran's knocked you out twice the last two years, um, you know, one time in Dallas, another time in San Fran. Uh, so it's a, it's a game. I think a lot of these players, especially Dak, because he hasn't had his best games there, um, is really looking forward to. So I could really see them overlooking that, um, you know, that New England game, which I think all of us had them going four and oh. But I, I could definitely see them overlooking that that game to really look ahead at San Fran because that's you know that's the no that's not just that's the conference right there you know it's you mm-hmm. Philly and San Fran for the conference so that's definitely a game they they need to watch out for. Yeah, and I think that's probably something we overlooked um, early on when we were doing our projections because the whole point of a trap game it either means your mind is likely thinking of the game in front of you. Or you have a hangover from the game behind you and what took place, you're not be able to transition into what's in front of you. So I think you said it perfectly there. So Madden has us losing that game 28 to 38. Pretty yeah, interesting. It is, yeah. I, I could totally see it. You know, with the way they're set up in Dallas, how they're grinding down for that, you know, number one, not just, you know, winning the division, but getting that number one seed, getting that by. They can't they can't have that this year. Dak needs mm-hmm. to be better. So let's hope let's hope this Madden simulation is wrong. <laughs> well, I also should point out, and you let me know if I did this if you think I did this wrong, but I took off injuries. I upped the time the game time, the quarter time from six minutes to ten minutes. Uh those were the Oh, and I removed um, the. There's a uh, player. What's the word? Where they get tired? Oh, yeah, week after week. Yeah. So I kept them where they're healthy all year. Yeah, yeah. that's not a bad way to do it. Like I think everybody has their own. I don't like. I like you could only do so much. Yeah, I like doing it with injuries off because then you're everybody's at their best. I think those are the simulations um, because you can never really account for those. You know, so it's. Not going to count on Madden getting it correct every time. So let's just do those with it off. Um, yeah, I yeah, think and, that's there's no and science the, to it, right? I mean, the ten minute quarters, I feel like is going to be a little bit more realistic because for the most part, you're going to get a, at least two possessions. We should be getting two possessions per quarter, and with the six minute clock, sometimes a team, if you're running a, a lot, you can run out the whole quarter. So I feel like it's just a little bit more realistic. Uh, second stat I wanted to di- dive into here. Dak Prescott finished the year number one in passing yards, number one in touchdowns, 4,481 passing, 
with 42 touchdowns. Let's see. With the talent. Now, I'm not saying because I don't think those stats lead the NFL. But I could see Dak having a, a, a forty five hundred yard season this year. Um because I I do think they you know, even though McCarthy says they're gonna run more, I really think they run less this year. I think, you know, I've stated it multiple times this season is Dak and McCarthy. They they have to put something together if they want to have a future in Dallas. Um, so I, I could totally see McCarthy letting Dak just sling it. And I could see him having having a really, really high yardage season. He doesn't, you know, outside of last year, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions either. Um, so I could really see him, you know, having good offensive numbers this year, especially with the talent um, that they have around him. Yeah. Now, I wasn't planning on revealing this particular stat on this episode, but his number one target for passing touchdowns, Jake Ferguson at 11. I could see it in the red zone. Get yeah, down there a lot. I could see that. Dak Dak is very. Um, he he does look for his tight end. If his tight end's not number one, he's likely going to be a number two option outside of the checkdown, of course. Yeah, you know, a lot of times that, well, that's usually that what. Yeah, what he usually the tight end is that for Dak. So he that works perfect for him. So I could totally see that. Yeah, and the the third stat uh, we will go over today is just the season performance. So. The Dallas Cowboys in the simulation finished the season 14 and three and earned the number one seed in the NFC. And just to mention, uh, Philadelphia finished 10 and seven. And okay, well, that could sound mind blowing off the top. They have one of the toughest records in all of sports and they have, I think it's seven or eight starters, new starters on defense. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's I didn't realize there's that many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's you know a, a lot. A, an argument can definitely be made while their offense is still very much well intact. You know they have a lot of newer players. I'll call it um, running the show on defense, which can make them a little bit more vulnerable. But four, fourteen and three, man. If if that if that turns out to be our record, um, you know, we're we're cruising. We're cruising. I mean, if we to get that first round by, I think would be huge. Get a home game in the playoffs. That's um, best case see scenario. This, I agree. I could see us going 14 and three and not getting it. I, I do I don't I just don't see the Eagles going 10 and 6. It's to me, it's pretty unfathomable. Um, that would mean they, you know, probably lost a starter starting mm-hmm. like probably lost hurts or something like that. Um, but I think 14 and three is, is what it's going to take for the division and for the net number one seed. You know, when you got a team like the Eagles, you got San Fran, um, they're all, you know, top tier right there. So, uh, 14 and three is, that's what it's going to take to, I think when the, they may even have to go 15 and two to, to win this, to be the number one seed in the NFC. I think it's very deep this year. Wow. Well, those top three teams, those top three teams are just, you know, Dallas Eagles, San Fran are just, I think they're a class above. And I, there's always a surprise team. So, yeah. you know, whether it's, it's Minnesota getting real hot, whether it's new Orleans with car, just having a resurgence, there's always a surprise team in there. So I think it's, you know, it may even turn out to be a four team race with somebody we don't even know yet. That just 
flourishes. Maybe Jordan Love is the next guy. Maybe they keep it going in Green Bay with quarterbacks. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so for it's there, it might even have to be a fifteen to two. Yeah. Wow, I think for and now if it's within the division, and if you know if San Fran comes across issues of their own and it's really neck and neck with the the Eagles, I think you know four four losses is doable, but it's going to come down to some tiebreakers within that within the division yeah so we'd have to see how something like that shakes out yeah but it's doable i like it i like i like the simulation so far i like what we're doing (laughs) there's a few good things so you know we'll definitely uh we'll reveal a little more there's a couple other stats that i was looking at that i was really liking um that we're gonna bring to you next episode which will be great i'm so ah, i can't wait the one i was i looked at I'm seeing mm, it. I'm seeing mm, it. That's what I'm I know saying. what you're talking about. I know what you're talking yeah, about. So we'll we'll get to that one next week. And uh, so now we're gonna we're gonna dive into some some. Not, I don't want to say big news because I don't think anybody uh, cut was really mind blowing. But the one that really shocked me, I think I really thought he was going to be a starter this year, um, was Jabril Cox. And I don't think it's it's a super huge stretch because he was a fourth round pick last year. He wasn't a guy that was really making waves. Um, but you thought, especially with um, the, the Marvion getting hurt last week, you thought Jabril maybe had a shot to really take that over um, and, and be a starter. And when they cut him this week, it really, I think where we talked about last week, where they are going to go to more of a, that hybrid safety role down low. Um, but, but I'm just nervous. It puts you, when you got teams like San Fran who have, you know, Warner and Greenlaw and Eagles have linebackers that can move across and they have a great defensive line, you know, for as great as Dallas's defensive line is they're small. And if you get to that second level teams with good offensive lines, like the Eagles are going to bully the Cowboys. And it makes me a little nervous um, that they're going small because even Vanderesh isn't a big line. He's not a thumper. Um, Mm. So the middle of that field is really small. And I thought, you know, Cox wasn't a big dude, but he's a guy that can move. Um, so it really makes me worried for that second level of our defense um, going forward for this season. I think it's a huge concern. It is a huge concern because you will come across teams like the Eagles or the Niners that really don't care if they have to run a jumbo set, two, three tight ends, and run the ball against you. And if your offense is having an off day, or you're falling behind, they're going to be happy to do that and make those, you know, make those unselfish or unsexy, I should say, uh, play calling. Yeah. And yeah. you're, yeah. And you're absolutely right. Even, even Damon Clark, he's not a big dude. Um, you know, Van Der Esch is, is still our, you know, most solid uh, linebacker by far most experienced and he has to stay healthy to to help us out i'm gonna say i'm gonna make a projection right now because i feel the conviction already that if we make a trade this season whether it come in week two week six it's going to be for a linebacker you can't is that the best prediction though any in-season trade that takes place where you say man you know what we thought we were going to do better here but Let's get this answered now. 
So here's a question for you then. Okay. Van Der Esch is playing well, right? Let's just say Micah looks like he's having a type of season and he can get MVP mm-hmm. and get defensive player. That he could, he could get the record and a team like the Rams just are terrible. And I get, you know, Bobby Wagner signed back there and I get, he's a linebacker. We'd love to have, I know we talked about him a lot, mm-hmm. but if they're going to offer you Aaron Donald, do you move? Because it looks like everything you've heard, he's moving the end now. Micah, do you move Micah back to linebacker if you can make a trade for a good enough defensive lineman like that? Would you risk? Would you put him back at linebacker and say, "Hey, do you think back there again?" Well, I think if we need the depth, yes, just move him back, regardless. If we need that that support there, I'm I'm okay with that because I I I'm high on Sam Williams, and yeah, if we pick up someone like a like a Donald or a, another top ten uh, or even top fifteen type of end, yes. Would you consider moving? Because I feel like our our deepest core, our defensive line, might be the most complete group on the team. Um, do you consider even moving Micah if you don't make a trade just to kind of solidify those linebackers a little bit, understanding you're taking some sacks away from them, but now you're maybe a little bit more solidified at that linebacker position? Yeah, I think you keep it very situational. I really like how DQ was moving him around a lot his rookie year and defenses didn't know how he was going to line up. I think you know, a lot of the chatter was that Micah was well. A, he you know looked to put on some weight and muscle this year, that, so that he probably would have planned differently. But a big reason why he's at DE, arguably, you know, no one knows for sure, is that he's going to be able to mac- get a larger contract um, at that position. Yeah, but I don't. At the end of the day, I don't think that that's going to impact. You know where he plays if in fact we need him on the second level yeah i hope I, you know I, I think they could go so many ways um i think might be looking a little too much into it i just don't like i don't like not having linebackers i think it's still an important part of the game especially when you see the fred warners and uh, you know the bobby wagners of the world and these guys that just you know i remember luke keekley these guys just you know are game changers and it's feel like a lot of your great defenses have that guy. And yeah. it's we don't have that middle linebacker that's, you know, the leader of that defense. Um so it makes me a little worrisome um to say the least. Um another thing that's that's really worried me and I'm even more concerned now nobody's played at all. Um does that especially I you you know you mentioned a little bit last week uh going into week 1 against the Giants who starters have played I mean, you've even seen Aaron Rodgers play this preseason. I get he's with a new team, you know, but the dude's just 20 years in. He doesn't really need to uh, do it. And I get a lot of, you know, your guys have been around here for a while with CB and Dak and, you know, the the offensive, you know, the, so a lot of the core has been here. Um, but to not have them have any game reps kind of, I get they're doing a lot in practice, but to be out there is just different. Uh, does that worry you going into this first uh, week of the season, going into Sunday night? It doesn't worry me that much for two reasons. A, 
the opposing team, in this case, the Giants, they had, yes, they have had maybe a total of seven, uh, maybe, I I don't know for sure, maybe it's four to six drives, let's say, all together in in games two and three of the preseason. That that gap is, I don't think there's going to be a difference maker when you go heads up. I think that it does mean they'll probably be, you know, run heavy, at least the first quarter, maybe even the second quarter, play off the play action. So to get some get some jitters out, get everyone get comfortable with the with the contact and going live. I mean, and even if they did play, like I said, a handful of drives, uh, you're still, you know, that game one, I hate to say it. You're, you can expect some of the uh, the the cobwebs to show a little bit. Makes sense. I'm just I don't like I don't like not because they don't really hit in practice. I don't like like to me I you know anytime you're out there you know I you know that my professional athlete no was I a high school all and no I was nothing I was a bench warmer when you get hit that first time. You know, that, it makes you, it just puts it in there, gets you flowing. So that first, mm-hmm. you know, you make it a little nervous, Um, you know, but they've been together for a long time. Um, You know, Dallas is three and a half point favorites. Um, So I don't, I don't. Who do you think they should it, be it, there? They, they should, they should be able to win this game. Who do you think it impacts more negatively without getting the first, the starting reps, the offense or the defense? Oh, the offense. Because I think, you know, the defense is just always reactionary. So it's not like, yeah, you but you, the offense, if you don't have your timing, I feel like timing with the receiver, knowing what your receiver is going to do. Now, I get it is a lot, you know, but a guy like Cooks, who's going to be very prevalent in this offense, you know, I get being out there kind of running easy plays during training camps different than going out there and navigating, you know, Eagles defense. You know, you don't have those guys running down your throat like you typically would. You play a little bit softer. Um, so that the timing with those guys, Gallup's missed a year. You know, he didn't look him and Dak didn't look in sync last year. Um, you you know, you're really starting a brand new tight end. So it's you know, a lot, you know, most of your big weapons, you know, we may see C D get a little more targets this year because of it, more comfortability with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you, but I do feel for those cornerbacks. I and mean, when you go a hundred percent, um, without, I I mean I don't know if See, cornerbacks I feel like in practice if that's because you do that so much in practice because it's really when you do those seven on seven drills that's all that is. So it's like you're out there, so it's not to me the quarterback receiver. I see what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I just think cornerbacks growing up, especially are the kids that are, you know, a generation below us. They play that seven on seven. They're so used to, and in practice, it's literally, there's no pass rush a lot of times in practice. So you're just kind of beat the guy. So they get a lot more. I think that's a little bit more because receivers and DBs, you always have video of them going at it every practice. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I get your point, but I was just going to say that. It's like per snap, they're I feel like they're they're trying to hone in on one thing. Like, yeah. like I'm gonna I'm gonna bite early or I'm just gonna look at his eyes and see what he's doing. And 
you know, I'm going to go for the pick or I'm going to go for, for knocking the ball down. You know, they're, they're trying to see what their body can get away with, read body language. I'm not sure if you saw that uh, Gilmore, not Gilmore, Gallup was quoted, you know, talking about Gilmore saying that, man, this guy memorized my routes. He memorized, uh, I'm going to pra- paraphrase now a little bit. He memorized like how many steps before I make my cut. He knows when I'm going to make my cut. Like Gilmore, basically what he was saying about Gilmore is that this guy is is a technician machine. Like he, that's how detailed he is in his homework. But I think that's why I think it's it's a little bit easier for the, okay. for for that side because all, like exactly all that all those points he's he's reading them. So when I get on that field, and I've done my study, like and I get. You know, you there's a difference between the Jalen Ramsey's and the not so great guys. Yeah, I'm Jalen. Like I've done all my homework on this receiver, on the quarterback. You know, before I even hit the field. So now I just like you said, let those instincts play. Let me. I know I understand what I saw on the film. Just let it translate. So that that that's why I do think it's a little bit easier uh, of a transition without having to go out there and play, just because you don't have to worry about all the other little intricacies. All right, but, that's fair. Yeah, so and and I, so it's I think time to really we talked about a little bit of everything. I think the biggest news of the week. Um when when I heard it, I, I was first I was kind of thought it was a joke. Um <laughs> you know, but Dallas trades a fourth round pick to San Fran for Trey Lance. And I messaged you, I messaged my San Fran friends, you know, for on their side they weren't shocked he was leaving San Fran. They kind of expected it. Um, and I, I think they were 100% shocked uh, that he came to Dallas, of all places. Um, when you first read that, what was your initial thought? Like, what did, what first went through your head? when, Like, why would Dallas even make a trade for a quarterback, especially a first round, a top, a guy that went number three overall just, you know, three years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, even before we get to that, it was announced that Sam Darnold had won the second spot in San Francisco. So when I read that, that just that didn't mean to me Sam Darnold's a better quarterback than Trey Lance. That just said to me they're ready to cut ties with Trey Lance. They've made they're making a decision about their future and they want to cash in on what may be available now. And it turned out to be a fourth round pick. So that was, that's number one. Now, when I saw that it actually took place, um, I was more excited than anything else. Um, Because ultimately, I see this as an insurance policy. If something really happens with Dak, that's, that's season ending as good and as good as Cooper Rush is and man he's I think he's really smart I think he knows this offense very well players think highly of him they have confidence in him I would I just feel like there's there's a little bit more upside and also some ri- more risk as well with someone bringing someone like Trey Lance um to to fill that spot and so he has two years left on his on his deal so when I say insurance policy, we have at least that insurance policy for this year. And I would say by mid-season next year, if if Dak 
before even talking about his contract stuff, I'd say by midseason next year, we're probably going to look to try to get that fourth round pick back uh, from somebody else or maybe even something better. See, my first thought was I I was in total disbelief. Um, okay. There's no reason to bring in Trey Lance. I, I do think Cooper Rush is a better quarterback than Trey Lance. So it's just to me, um, on you know, when you look at Trey Lance side, you, he's a number three overall pick, um, but he, he needed to get out of that situation. He came in with the Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and then, you know, this kid Purdy came out of nowhere last year when I think Trey got hurt or something happened with Trey had to leave and Purdy came in and played fantastic. Um, so you just feel bad for the kid because he didn't really get an opportunity. And when he did, he didn't look great. My problem at first thought, I was thinking, I wonder if they're, if they really are doing this as an insurance policy. Um, but then I remembered all the times I've talked with my San Fran friends and, and cause I've, you know, I've had friends that do San Fran podcasts and then friends that love San Fran, then don't love San Fran, then love San Fran again. So there's a lot of San Fran friends in there. Um, but this kid since 2018, he entered college. It's okay. So just in perspective, it's 2023. Now mm-hmm. 2018, the kids started college. Okay. So three years of college and two years of pro ball, he's thrown 420 passes of ball in the last five years. Like to put that in respect, Dak last year in his, 14 games because he missed four or five, five games last year with injury through 464 passes. So to me, I don't really see this as an insurance policy. I think they really in their mind, the upside, I think there is upside. If this kid maybe had the talent, maybe somebody sees it. Maybe Jerry, I don't remember if Jerry liked him coming out. There was, I remember there's talks. Somebody said Jerry did like him coming out of college. Um, But you hope maybe you hit what was there to give him a third round pick. And I didn't even think he was worth a, a third or not a third round third overall. I didn't think he was worth a third overall when they drafted him. He didn't put enough on tape in college to show he was deserving of that. Um, so I, I just, I don't get it. It makes no sense. You, I guess they're hoping for lightning in a bottle if something happens to Dak. But right now, if Dak goes down, I don't want Trey Lance playing. He's a, he threw, I think 40, and 50% completion percentage in his, you know, two seasons and his few limited starts and action in San Fran. So he's Cooper rush played great for us last year. in that, you know, in the first mm-hmm. five games. Um, so to me, I don't, if I, if Dak's missing time, I don't want it unless Cooper's not there and you're like, okay, Trey's going to be the future. Let's see what it actually is. But I think we've seen enough in San Fran to show this kid just doesn't have it. And like you said, it a hundred percent to me speaks to how they believe in Trey. They really didn't want to get rid of Garoppolo and they didn't because they weren't sure what they had in Trey. And now they're comfortable enough to get rid of the number three overall pick for Mr. Irrelevant. That tells me all I really need to know about the type of guy we're getting. And before anybody rips me for not like, yes, he's young. We've seen Kurt Warner go from, you know, mm-hmm. NFL to arena league to grocery store to Super Bowl champion. I'm not saying he can't be great, but what he's put out there doesn't show it at all. 
Yeah. Well, I think uh, I'm pick what I'm picking up on what you shared is the sample size. He doesn't really, have anything. He yeah, exactly. So I want to kind of uh, put my comment in better perspective. So if Dak were to go down, let's say game four, game five, yes, put put Cooper Rush in and let him operate the offense. Now, if, if Dak goes down in mid-December and Cooper has a couple bad games to finish off the year, now I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, how, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, of course, just, it's hard to, it's hard to make a definitive decision, but the coaches are going to be seeing him what's taking place in practice and, and how he's developing there. Now, I'm wondering if you thought of this, this point I'm about to bring up. We just acquired somebody that knows the playbook of the team that's knocked us out of the playoffs the past two years. I love where you're going with this, buddy. Love it. <laughs> Who's been in the strategy meetings on how they're going to attack our defense twice in two meaningful games. No, we're not that type of organization, Aaron James. That's not what we do here, okay? We don't steal playbooks. That's not what we do. It's not what we do in Dallas. We don't steal playbooks. We don't steal mentals. Okay, if he gets cut in two weeks, that's 100% why they did it. Yeah, if he's cut soon, 100% why they, they took him, no doubt. <laughs> Stand by, they believe in him. I'm going to go. But, I'm going to go there, good citizens, and believe in the kid. I mean, I really don't. Hey, I don't think there's really anything unethical, no, you know, I, about that. No, right? They, we've seen that before, and like, and th this route, yeah, I'm okay with. If you're signing a dude, we've seen the New England Patriots sign a guy that's been cut who they're playing the week before. You know, I get yeah. the New England Patriots, and they have, but you've you've seen that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not a big deal. If you're training for a dude and just happen to get some information to help you beat them, heck, that's the game. Change it this, up a little bit. Yeah, and and if you're on the other side, you can use that to your advantage too. Oh, you right? know, you're, you know, Shanahan's yeah. planning that already. He's going to have something in there. You know, when they play Dallas, yeah, there's go. He's going to have something, and there may be something to that. He's going to have something to fake him out. Yeah, well, that's definitely going to be there. But I think what what you what we'll be able to gather is, hey, in both of our preparation meetings for each of the each of the game playoff games Shanahan was telling us this about Parsons and this about Diggs. those, those yeah. were consistent for each game and then vice versa. They, this is how, you know, I highly, I don't think they're in there. You know, if you play offense, I don't think you're in the defensive meetings and vice versa, but Hey, it's a, it's a little something, but did you think about that? Um, actually, when I first heard the trade, no, I didn't, I didn't, it never crossed my mind. And I mm -hmm. it should have because it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> how, you know, how, you know, what are the ways to attack this defense? You know, what are we seeing? What what do they see that Trey does that we could take advantage of Trey? Not Trey. Um, because I was thinking, uh, stat, I was thinking Diggs. What does Dig do? What does Diggs mm -hmm. do? What does Micah do off that edge that they see they've seen on tape that they know this is what you're doing? Change it up when you play San Fran. I think that's a great point. Now, you know, that makes a lot of sense because it's an early in the season game. 
So yeah, because yeah, now now you have it. So I think if that gives that does give a leg up a little bit. You're right. You're hundred percent right with that. Now I don't think I, I do believe Dak's going to get an extension. That's likely going to make him play stay here until his mid thirties. I don't think we'll be fortunate enough. I mean, if it were up to me and you said, "Hey, do you still want him on our team five years from now?" I would say, "Yeah, that like that'd be a win." Um, to have him, you know, go through that much time. And you look at Geno Smith yeah. and what, what he's been able to do. That's a, that's a prime example. And I think naturally as quarterbacks get into their thirties, their production and proficiencies start to improve for the most part. Uh, so I would be excited about that, but I just think that Trey Lance and his agent are going to be like, no, like you're not going to stay here. You're going to become a free agent. Something will open up. You will get another opportunity, you know, just you're not going to be a, a third string uh, I, longer than two years. He may like. After I just got done ripping the kid, I'm going <laughs> to say it's with no, you know, he doesn't have the pressure now. You know, when you're drafted yeah. number three overall, that's typically a bad team. Um, when when you go to a team like San Fran. Who I think had just made the Super Bowl a year before. You know, they were they were a great team, and they were you know they were a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl, and they draft you at three overall, and you didn't even play the year before because of COVID. Um, there, there's pressure and expectation. Um, you know, so could it it could improve? You know, when he comes to Dallas here now, there's you know Dak is the guy. There's no question about it. Um, you know, Dak's the the leader of that room. He's a leader of this team. Um, so maybe, maybe taking those expectations off and, you know, off his shoulders and, um, letting him relax and just go play the game. Um, you know, maybe it does help because he's still, where he's still here for two years with the third year, you know, that last, that fifth year option being a first round pick. Um, so I don't know how, you know, they, so they potentially have him for three more years to really see what it's about. Um, you know, they don't have to pick up the option, but they can, if they want to, to just see. So, so it's not a terrible trade. Um, I'm not comfortable with him being the guy now, but you never know what he could turn into that. You have him for three years left potentially. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's still kind of a, to me, I, I still don't fully understand what the 49ers were going through. When you have Jimmy G, a guy that's led your team to the Super Bowl twice. And you just, they, I don't know if it was because they were trying to save money and say, Hey, and Kyle Shanahan's ego is just like, yeah, I could bring, I could bring this other guy in and play him no, his second I, year. I mean, it's, I think it was Shanahan believed he could do it with anyone. And if he had a quarterback, a little bit, a little bit more mobile than Jimmy, um, you know, cause Jimmy did make some plays to, you know, he did make some misthrows, you know, so he, yeah. he was really, I think he was keeping that team back and everybody knew it with, all of the offensive talent they had um, and how great that defense is. Um, so it wasn't a bad pick. It's not, you know, it, a quarterback. They should have, you know, if they got Justin Fields, you never know what happens. They Maybe they win mm -hmm. a Super Bowl. Um, but with the quarterbacks that were taken after, you know, Mac Jones, who went to the playoffs a couple years ago, the quarterbacks taken after him were a little bit better than this kid. So I just don't think, um, I think they believed he was going to turn in something. They, they saw, you know, there was this string of, I think what it was too, is there was that string of those, uh, you know, division one, double a, or 
I don't know if it's division two quarterbacks, you know, the Carson Wentz, the uh, Josh Allen. So I think they, and this kid, they said could have been a little bit better than Carson. So they saw those strings of, you know, those type of quarterbacks coming in and having, you know, pretty good success. Um, you know, may, they ta- thought maybe they were going to take their shot and, you know, he he's very athletic kid. Um, so, you know, I guess they did their homework, but just didn't, my kid didn't have it mentally. It seems like. Now I think it's, I think we have the best quarterback room in the league. What do you think? No, I still think the Kansas, best. I still think Kansas City, regardless. The best of three. The best three when you average the the three together. I think I think Patrick Mahomes is that good. He's still better than us. <laughs> like wow. I do love. You know, listen, I don't. I don't. I'm not super high on Dak. I think That's there true. is improvement. I'm not super high. Um, I do think Cooper Rush is a. I he's not a starter. You know, but Eagles saw when Nick Foles, you know, you need a guy that can come in and you feel comfortable with. To me, Cooper's been here long enough. I I do think it is a very good. I'm not if Dak, you lose Dak for a few games, you're okay. No team really is going to be great, you know, outside. I think two teams have ever done it really with a backup quarterback in the playoffs. Um, But really, you're not expecting Cooper to come in and have to lead this team for more than four or five games. You know, if that happens, you're not going to win. So uh, I'm 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 happy with who they have. I do think they have a very capable backup. Now, do you believe Cooper Rush, if he had to, could be our Nick Foles? Uh yeah, I do think he could. I think he's I I do think that because I think our defense is going to take an imp- as much as I bang yeah. on linebackers. I think with the defensive <laughs> line. Um, <laughs> getting pressure and our DBs. Uh, I think Quinn will figure out ways to get guys to shoot those gaps, to cover up that run defense. Um, I think he could, cause I don't think he, and he's got a lot of off top offensive talent, you know, yeah. Gallup another year, you know, cooks is so, you know, he's so Brandon is so good and see, you got CD lamb and Pollard is showing improvement, you know, Oh, you know, he's showing improvement each year. Um, So I, I do think he, you know, if the matchups play out right, he could definitely help this team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I agree. I believe Cooper Rush, if if needed, can be an, our Nick Foles to go on that magical run. Yeah, man. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. I'm right there with you. I think I'm. You know, we hope it doesn't happen, but right, of course, he definitely can. Um, you know, and then I we got some exciting news coming up too, people. Like we've stated, opening opening day, opening game is a week away because we do record Thursday evenings. It's a week away, Aaron James. A week away. Um, so coming up, starting next week, uh, we're really going to go to a, a two-podcast-a-week show. So we're going to be dropping two a week. Um, Aaron and myself are going to start working on the live show, kind of how we're going to present that to you, whether it's once or twice a week. Um well, we're going to try to, you know, nail everything out before opening day and let you guys know. Um, but we're, you know, we're going to give you that that pregame. We're going to hopefully start having, you know, maybe a couple episodes, have a guest on um, with us from the other side to kind of give their perspective. Uh, and then we're going to do a post game. Um, so the post game, I guess a lot of it really depends on, you know, what time the game is. You know, maybe an 820 Sunday night game may be a little tough. We may be able to get it out there. We don't know. You know, we're all adults with kids. We got, you know, sometimes we get tired that late. I know that I'm old now. Can't stay up that late anymore. You know, you know, Aaron, 
It was tough Same. when I watched when I was watching when I went over your house, we watched San Diego State and what was it, SummerSlam? It was tough. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, I was almost snoozing. Um, but yeah, so but if, if it doesn't come out that night, we're definitely going to get it out that next evening. Um, but the goal is definitely one of one o'clock and four o'clock games. Um, we're gonna have that episode out Sunday night, um, a hundred percent of the time. And then, you know, and then we'll we'll work on what day we'll drop. Typically it'll be a, a Thursday night unless Dallas plays Thursday, then we'll drop it probably the day before. Um but yeah, we're we're really excited. We're we got a lot of things coming. We're just so excited to be able to to do this and speak to you guys. Um, and and it's it's here, Aaron. I envisioned this when we first started, and I reached and said, "Yo, Mister mm-hmm. Mister Aaron James, I I need a buddy with me. I need a cowboy. I need I need the nation. Okay, we need the star here. I wanted this day to happen, and we got it." opening week we're 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 a week away i got you and i said i got you jason i got you oh let's go to your point yeah all of our preparation even from the very first episode it was like september 10th you know that is what we're going for that's what we're planning for that's what we're preparing for that's what we can taste and bam here it is here it is it's here. So every every prediction we had most likely be wrong. We have no idea. <laughs> we're just two. We're just two dudes and enjoy talking about the Cowboys. Let's hope they're correct. We're ready for the season. We cannot wait to bring you guys this season and bring the energy. All yeah, I can't wait to just give you guys post game episodes because there's going to be some passion behind that. Okay, because there's there may be some tears. There may be some tears. Okay. Whoa. Hey. You live and dive with the game, buddy. <laughs> okay, I'm out there. I got I'm in my three point stance. I'm ready to go. Okay. Uh, but again, yeah, we want to thank you all for listening. We cannot wait for next week. We're super excited to really start diving into this. Um, you guys can catch us on all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Cowboys Takeover Podcast. Uh, please give us a like, uh, rate, review. Everywhere you guys listen to your podcast, you know, please give us a rate review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, and those I've been told the ratings mess with the algorithms put up towards up to the top. So you guys can find us and uh, share. Let your friends know about us. If you're a Cowboys fan, uh, share with your Cowboys friends because we're everywhere. You know, we're we're America's team. You know, we're we're com- we're worldwide. Everybody knows the star. Everybody knows, you know, America's team. You know, share us out. Please let us know or let you know, let your friends know about us. We're so excited. Season's here. Cannot wait. And we appreciate. We really love you guys. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. You'll hear from us. You'll probably see us uh, next week. Enjoy your week.